Welcome to Life Planning 101, brought to you by Kennedy Financial Services of Eastland. Tune in every Monday morning at 8.30 on KATX and KWBY, and again on Saturday morning at 9 on KATX and KWBY, as Angela Robinson joins Terry Slavens to share important financial information to help you live life on purpose. Insurance, investments, estate and tax planning, and much more. All covered now on Life Planning 101. Well, it's the last day of August, and it's our last August edition of Life Planning 101. Angela Kennedy Robinson with me. Can you believe it's the last day of August? Tomorrow turns over September. You know, I always say September 1, it's like God just says, okay, you guys have had enough, and he gives us good weather, and what's happening? Have you seen the forecast? (laughs) (laughs) I get excited thinking about it. Uh, Lows in the 50s? I know, Uh, I know. For those of uh, you that are northerner listeners, we've been suffering under 105 degree heat for the last several days, so. Uh, we're ready for a change. They say 102, but I keep looking at that thermometer, and it is not 102. In fact, <laughs> I saw 108 hit the register on the way to Weatherford the other day. So yeah. it is hot, hot. but uh, we're ready to get out of it. And and for that, you know, as we enter the fall, I think, you know, everybody gets off their kids, grandkids back to school, and they start thinking about those year-end activities and year-end plans. For whatever reason, we start to recircle on what we set out as goals at the beginning of the year. And if you remember, the beginning of the year we said having 2020 vision right and we got hit with uh I don't know what you call this, uh, you know, some kind of eye condition (laughs) called called coronavirus, right? But um, we are going to try to help you get back on track. And way I wanted to do this, I wanted to go back through um, an article we did several years ago, and I I revamped it. It's from 2014, so it was six years old, but it's very relevant. And it's the 10 questions that everyone over 60 needs to be asking. And it doesn't matter if you have plans to retire or you want to work forever. You still need to be asking these questions because you can't deny the fact that you're 60, right? right? I mean, after all, I think about it's the first time that people probably start to get carded again. And you look at the register, they were like, well, why am I getting carded? You feel really good about yourself till you figure out they just want to make sure you're old enough to apply for the senior discounts, right? Or when you go and... uh, (laughs) They don't even ask. They just give you the senior discount, and you're not 60. There you go. Been, oh, that's painful. That. Oh, that's painful. <laughs> that's painful. So, and you know, the 60 is the new 50. So you probably look good, feel good, and and all's well. But there is some planning that needs attention. And I found something interesting. I, I read. I can't believe I don't use this more often. But there's an anagram with the word reactive, creative. Oh. They're actually anagrams. And too many people, I find, and this is becoming more more and more, and I think it's just because we're so busy. We just get tied up in the everyday uh, world. I mean, I, I even am guilty of it. We took a mini vacation on the fly, no planning whatsoever. And if you're not planning your vacay, you know you're not planning anything else in your life, right? So you're being very reactive. And at the last minute, the last hour is when you're doing all the things that you need to do. You think, oh my gosh, I'm about to turn 62. Do I take social so security and it's a very reactive measure oh my gosh i'm turning 65 what about medicare i don't even know a thing about it and it's a very reactive measure well i hate to tell you this but that reactive measure could cost you six figures oh yeah it's painful so we want you to be creative and the way we want you to be creative is we want to teach you some of the questions that you need to be asking the right questions you need to be asking if you've heard us say it before on the show it's not about the answer 
Right. It's about but the question. The question. The right question, right? So that's what today's show is all about. We're going to be talking about the 10 financial questions everyone over 60 should be asking. You're not going to want to miss this great show right here on Life Planning 101 when we come back. Segment two, Life Planning 101. We have 10 questions you need to ask yourself if you're age 60 or over. That's Angela? right. Yes. So let's start with the big bada bing, bada boom. When do you take Social Security? I think, uh, you know, if you Google this, most people take it at 62 because they just don't know what they don't know. Only to find out that, oh my gosh, I'm still working. And oh my gosh, they're going to take half my benefits back. And they're going to tax them on top of that. So really, I'm only receiving a teensy weensy bit. And I sacrificed an 8% increase for the next four years or five years, depending on when your full retirement age is. And, you know, worse than that is the fact that you don't think about a surviving spouse. And a lot of people don't realize this. And spouses are really bad about this because if you have a stay-at-home spouse, they say, well, I'm not working, so my benefit's not going to be punished. What harm does it take for me to take my benefit at 62? A lot of harm if your spouse passes. Because if you take yours early and then your spouse has a bigger amount and they pass away, you get to take your spouse's benefit but not 100% of it if you took yours early. Mm. You get penalized on that one as well. So if you think if you took your benefit four years early, that's a 32% penalty. So if you were supposed to receive 1,000 bucks a month, that's gonna be reduced to 680 bucks a month. Wow. Yeah, that's really painful. And you know, one of the biggest risks that people forget to plan about in retirement, we're gonna talk about that, is a surviving spouse. So, you know, with the whole question of what do you do about your social security, there's no right or wrong answer here. It's very convoluted. And I mean, we even ourselves, we run everything through a social security calculator and we put it in with the plan and marry the two and make sure that everything is complementary after looking at it from just logical numbers, pencil and paper standpoint. Think about that. We're doing that, okay? So if we're doing that, do you think it's wise for you just to willy-nilly sign up for Social Security? No. Probably not. So taking it at 62 probably isn't the answer. I'll tell you that. It probably isn't the best answer. It's the only thing I tell you about Social Security. But you need to know when you should take it. You need to know what those max benefits would look like and how you achieve those. And you need to have someone helping you. So that needs to be question number one when you're turning 60. Number two. How do you battle rising health care costs? Okay, now let's talk about this. Because over 60% of people don't believe this will apply to them. Let me repeat that. Over 60% of people don't believe this will apply to them. And why is that? I, I think it's just that syndrome, oh, it won't happen to me. Well, I hate to tell you, Superman, you're 60, okay? Uh, Yes, 60 is the new 50. 60 is young. You could live another 40 years. There is no doubt. And hopefully you'll do it healthy and lively and actively. And that's part of what our show is all about, right? But you have to wake up and smell the coffee. I had a friend tell me one time she got cancer and and she wasn't 60. She was in her mid-50s and, um, you know, we were just really having one of those heart-to-heart conversations about everything that she'd grown through going through cancer. And she said, you just really don't realize that you don't have anything if you don't have your health. 
Well, the truth is, it wasn't optional for her to go through that. No, she had no choice. She had no choice. And so it's not an optional expense. So what does that mean for you? It means that you need to wake up and smell the coffee and realize that there isn't the average baby boomer is estimated to spend $295,000 out of pocket for healthcare expenses during retirement. $295,000. Out of pocket. That's what Medicare won't cover. Over a quarter million dollars. Yeah. Almost 300000 And by the way, when I did this back in 2016, that number was about 260000 So in four years, it's increased $35,000. Think about that. That is a massive difference, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So don't be the 60%. Plan for it. Figure out what do I need to be doing to battle these rising health care costs and get a plan in place to do that today. There's plenty of things you can do if you're 60 years old. You just need to be doing it. Number three. What does it take to be comfortable during retirement? Now, at the beginning of the show, if you remember, I said it doesn't matter if you're really retiring or not or planning to retirement or not. Sometimes retirement is a forced decision. And if COVID hasn't proved that, I don't know what else does, right? So there's a lot of change going on in the world, and I think it's going to be implied. And, uh, you know, we've seen so many people in their late 50s, early 60s get run out of their careers that they've had for 40, 50 years um, with a huge package that they can't turn down. And then they may want to go back and be a consultant, but what if that going back and being a consultant is in a time like COVID or 2008 and 2009 when there are no consulting jobs available? How many people have been offered packages in the last six months? Yes, that is right. So you need to know what does it take for you to be comfortable in retirement and have a plan for that. And comfortable is different for everyone. I mean, the thing about it is it's it's really what allows you to have the lifestyle that you have today, at least, right, and that you desire to have. So my definition is how are you able to sleep at night? That's comfortable, right? You don't want to be up worrying because we've had enough sleepless nights when we're working years, raising kids kids in college, stressed out at work, you know, or anything else that goes on. You don't want to continue to have that kind of lifestyle in retirement now, do you? No, you don't. So unfortunately, there's no denying that we are living in uncertain times. We have an uncertain economy. We have an uncertain government. We have an uncertain and unknown and still everybody's confused out the wazoo about this little bitty virus that nobody can see, right? And you don't know when your health is going to begin to fail you. And you don't know any of these things or if your health is going to begin to fail you. So how do you plan for all those things? And you don't want it to cause unrest, right? Isn't it better if you were to know, hey, this is how things are going to be for the next three to five years? You think you could sleep at night if the market went down 20, 30% if you knew where your income was coming from? Probably if you knew for certain, yes. Yeah, absolutely. So have a plan. Have a plan. Why do people not do that? I don't, I don't know, but you need to have a plan. So that's number three. Number four, how do you protect your assets? You know, so you spend your whole working life and you think about protecting your assets as you're building, as you're growing, right? But when people start to get to retirement age, this is an area that they often forget about. And when we used to do college classes through the universities, we'd always talk about the three thieves of your money. We'd say Uncle Sam, lawsuits, and you, right? Well, today it's more like seven. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 
that number's grown, um, especially when you're over 60. Because, yes, you still have Uncle Sam, and we have a whole question dedicated to that one. Lawsuits. Yes, absolutely. Every single one of us that has anything to our name needs to be concerned about how to protect in the event that somebody gets hit or somebody yes somebody falls down on our property absolutely and then you you know we talk so much about behavioral finance meaning how you react with all the dollars that you made and are those decisions actually good decisions and being able to protect yourself from you is probably one of the most important things in retirement but what about your aging parents that's another threat Lots of people are having a lot of -of out-of-pocket expenses just trying to take care of their aging parents or loss of income during their last working years trying to take care of aging parents. That's a biggie. What about your adult kids? I know a lot of adult kids that move back home via coronavirus. And if you think it was hard for them to enter the workforce a couple years ago, wake up and smell the coffee. What's it going to be like over these next couple years if we can't get something under wraps with this? So, you know, how do you help them promote them out into the public and, and get them off the payroll, so to speak, right? That's really big. And we already talked about healthcare. Okay. Healthcare is a huge one. But what we haven't talked about is if your health begins to fail you, who will be there to be able to help you? Who can you trust to make sure that your finances stay intact the way they need to be to be able to help you? And a lot of people say, well, my spouse. Well, what if your spouse isn't able to help you? And we've seen too many times that people get taken advantage of when that starts to happen. There's this little thing called elder abuse Mm. that's a reality, and you don't have to be old to be a victim to that. You can be 35 and be a victim to it just because it's some area that you aren't certain with, right? So it's extremely important. And then last but not least of the seven thieves of your money is remarriage. Whew, that was a touchy thing to say, wasn't it? (laughs) Okay, but it's a big one. Think about it, it's a huge one. If you happen to remarry and there happens to be an issue, what happens to the money? Better have a good plan. Yep, that could cause some sleepless nights in my opinion. So when we come back right here on Life Planning 101, we're going to finish up our list with the next five things you need to be asking if you're over age 60. Final segment, Life Planning 101 right here on KFX KWBY. Angela has how many more? Well, I said five, but I'm going to give you a bonus, I guess, because you get six more of the 10 questions you need to be asking if you're over age 60. If you remember, it's not about having the answers. It's about asking the right question that's pertinent to you. That's the biggie. So how do you combat increasing taxes? Mm. Woo! Okay. Now, we just did a whole show on this last week, and the main point of it was to let you know that if not now, soon. Right. We are going to have tax increases. And a lot of times, like going back to those seminars we used to teach, and you know, it was a big deal that when you were older, your taxes would probably go down. Well, our tax system is evolving rapidly, and that's just simply not happening. In fact, when we have people that retire with very large uh, retirement plans, our biggest focus is how do we get them some tax diversification because there's a ticking tax bomb lying out there waiting in the grass ready to attack at some point, right? And so every plan should have tax diversification, and that's tax that you pay now, tax that you'll pay later, and tax that you pay never. 
So if your plan doesn't have that, you need to figure out how you get that implemented ASAP. Figure out that plan where you never pay taxes. I know, right? I know. It'd be really, really (laughs) great. So, But 2020 is probably the best year to be doing tax planning that we've had. I mean, obviously we have tax reform. We know that. But we also have all of these other advantages to take advantage of because of what's happened with COVID-19 and the CARES Act and the SECURE Act. And there's so much going on. So take advantage. Do it. Because in November, if we swing, then you only have 2020 really to do anything. If we end up red come next year, you have a few more years, but not many. Right. So you need to get after this. This is big. Um, How much money can I afford to lose with my investments? A.K.A. how much risk should I be taking? This is probably one of the biggest questions for retirees and people reaching over age 60. In fact, they say all the time, well, I guess since I'm retiring now, I need to change my risk. Hmm, maybe, maybe not. Okay, so I want to ask you a question. I want you to think about Walmart. There used to be a, um, a nickname for Walmart. It's called the Century Store. Century Store? The Century Store. Because okay. every time you'd go into Walmart, you'd drop $100, $100. bills, right? Okay. <laughs> that didn't last long. I mean, so long that you didn't even remember it, right, Terry? <laughs> so, and the reason it didn't last long is I want you to think about if you had to fill your grocery cart today, could you do it for $100 at Walmart? No. No, you couldn't, but you used to. Yes. And not too long ago. Now, imagine that you only had $100 to spend. What are you going to put back on the shelf? The things that are luxuries, not needed. That's right. Do you want to do that? No. No, you don't want to do that. So your investments need to keep you sleeping at night, but you have to be keeping up with your future income and what you need there, right? And too many people, they make that mistake. They just get on a fixed income and they have to spend less and less and less over time and they go broke safely. So speaking of that, number seven is what will inflation do to my lifestyle? Because this is a big 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 thing the government tells us okay now (laughs) my mom you know she does all my editing on these articles and she wrote back like gave me some inflation numbers she says that's hogwash (laughs) and i said yes it is right so the government tells us that inflation has been 1.76 percent that means a hundred dollars is now 101.76 a year later since 2010 for the last 10 years now I don't truly believe that. I think things have gone up. You know, that $100 I spent in 2010 probably is more like 150 right. now. But, you know, these are currently very favorable times regarding inflation if you look historically, okay? Because the historical norm is closer to 3%. So the problem is that no matter where inflation rates fall, though, CD rates are always lower. Always. Always, yes. So think about that. Since 2010, the one-year CD rate peaked at 0.91% for the last decade, okay? Worse than that, that number is from 2010. 0.91%. Yes, Yes. that was in 2010. Even three-year CDs didn't overcome inflation. They also peaked in 2010 at 1.64%, so they're less than inflation, and even worse than that, we haven't even taken into consideration that when you earn interest on a CD, do you pay tax on that? Yes. Yes, you do. So if you're in a 24% tax bracket, that turns that 1.64% into a whopping 1.25%. All right. Simply put, if you don't try to outpace inflation, you will spend more 
than you're earning and you eventually will go broke safely. It's critical. So the question is, what do you think inflation is? And you need to be planning around that number, right? So what will you do if you live longer than you expect? Whew, this is a big fear for people. Today's the first day of the rest of your life. How long is that going to be? Right. I've decided that in our business, the best tool that we could have is a crystal ball. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, we don't have one. Right? So can you really put an expiration date on your plan in your life? And that's really what you want to know. But at the same time, it's not feasible to plan for eternity. So how do you do both? And that should be something that you're working on at 60 and figuring out. Number nine, how will my spouse be taken care of when I die? You remember us talking about this with Social Security earlier. So many people don't realize that a surviving spouse will lose on average 33% of their household Social Security income at the death of a spouse. And their expenses don't go down no. by the same amount. No, they don't. About it, the only thing that you can guarantee will go down is you don't pay Medicare premiums right, right any longer on the surviving spouse. And so that, all that health care, probably around 6000 Life insurance bucks. policy if you had one. Exactly. And most of those are usually paid up by that point. So... There's not very much less expense. And to make matters worse, time and time again, we have seen people pick pension options in which they don't include their spouse. Mm. And so their spouse also loses pension income. And if you haven't planned for how to take care of each other beyond the grave, you need to be doing it. If you're 60 years old, you need to do it now. If you're 50, you need to be doing it now. (laughs) How will you take care of your spouse when you die? That's a big one. So number 10, this is the final that I'm going to leave you with and probably the most important of all of them. What are the questions I don't know to ask that I should ask? So you'd agree, Terry, you and I have very different situations. Yes. So would our plans look anything like? No. No, they're not. What about you and your next door neighbor? No. No. No cookie cutter plans. There is no cookie cutter plans. I actually spoke to a lady a few weeks ago. She Googles and Googles and Googles and Googles, and she brings me all this information, and I tell her all the time, I said, I don't know why you do this, because all you do is stress yourself out. There's tons of information out there. There's tons of things out there that you can learn, and I have no beef with people trying to educate themselves. In fact, that's why we do this show, right? We want you to educate yourself. But you need to do it in a positive way. If all you're ever doing is looking for more and more information to try to put something together on your own, it's kind of like just buying different car parts all over the country for different types of cars and trying to build your own car. It's just not going to work. And so you need to be knowing that your situation is unique and you need to have someone that can ask you questions pertinent to that situation. And we mentioned before, this isn't someone that's selling you something, okay? Because in their toolbox, if they sell nails, everything is going to be a nail, right? And they've got a hammer to put in that nail. Sometimes you need a wrench. Sometimes you need, um, you know, a hose for your car. Who knows what you need? But you need someone that's helping you look at that holistically and figure out even where to go buy the parts to begin with. So that's extremely important. And I found this interesting. Yale and Oxford's Future of Humanity Institute polls a lot of industry leaders in artificial intelligence. So their goal is to kind of gather a consensus of when AI is actually going to be smarter than mankind. The answer, 2060. By the way, when we wrote this four years ago, it was 2030. 
<laughs> so they're behind, yeah. right? So until you have a robot to quiz you, the wisest question you can ask about your future is that one. What are the questions I don't know that I need to be asking? So bottom line, you choose reactive or creative. Which part of the anagram do you want? Creative. Hey, absolutely. Yeah. God bless everyone. We appreciate all of our listeners right here on Life Planning 101. You're not going to want to miss this fall. We have a big fall planned out with all of the planning involved in the elections right here on Life Planning 101. Thank you for joining us for Life Planning 101, brought to you by Kennedy Financial Services of Eastland. Tune in every Monday morning at 8.30 on KATX and KWBY, and again on Saturday morning at 9 o'clock on KATX and KWBY for more Life Planning 101. Advisory services offered through Smart Money Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Securities offered through Calton & Associates, Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Kennedy Financial Services, Incorporated is an independent of Calton & Associates Incorporated and Smart Money Group, LLC.